Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. North Carolina offers travelers mountains, beaches, dynamic cities, history, crafts, culture, a foodie scene and a beverage scene, relaxation and fun. We're going to explore its pleasures with our guest, Whit Tuttle, Executive Director of Visit North Carolina. Welcome, Whit, to Places I Remember. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, long ago, I was a counselor at a summer camp in Hendersonville, North Carolina. I never forgot it, and I've returned to the state many times since to recharge and relax. Let's start talking about some of the pleasures of North Carolina. We'll start with the major cities. The Triangle is in the Piedmont region, Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill, and it's home to North Carolina State University, Duke University, and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Tell us some of the highlights of that area. Yeah, so the great part about the Triangle is they're unique and distinct mid-sized cities, so you're not overwhelmed by it, but you do get the great amenities you get with bigger towns. Raleigh has an amazing museum scene. Almost all the museums here are free, being part of the state capitol. Great stuff to see there. Durham is a funky, cool town with a great vibe to it. One of my favorite things to do up there is the Durham Bulls, of course, the classic uh, minor league baseball team. Their stadium's amazing. You can also, a couple times a year, teams will play in the old Durham Bulls Athletic Park Stadium, which is where the movie Bull Durham was filmed. Yeah, it's classic. I also took a tour of Duke. It's a beautiful campus. Just to stroll around there and have lunch or dinner, you can magnificent. Oh, exactly. Great restaurants and neat scene around there. And the Duke campus is beautiful. The chapel there is wonderful. If you're a basketball fan, it's, it's heaven. And you can watch the Cameron Crazies line up before a game. If you don't like Duke, go to their Carolina Basketball Museum and get the other side. Yes, it's heaven, as you said, for basketball lovers. Now, Charlotte's another city that's become really in it. What's not to miss there? Yeah, now, Charlotte's a fantastic city. It's got so much going on for it. I tell a lot of people that aren't familiar with the South, one of the great things to do there is start with the Levine Museum of the New South. It's really a great thing that kind of shows how the South has changed over the years, basically gone from cotton fields to skyscrapers. That's a great start. Of course, most people go to the track, the Charlotte Motor Speedway, hosts two NASCAR races, including the Pepsi 600, Coca-Cola 600, which is one of the longest races in NASCAR. NASCAR Hall of Fame is there too, which is really interesting. What I think is really cool is about 80% of the teams in NASCAR are based in that area. So even if there's not a race, you can go out to some of these team headquarters and see them working on the cars. You can meet the drivers. You can take a tour. So it's really just the the, the heart of motorsports really is there in Charlotte. Really it's a great, great place to see. Now, tell us about the Gantt Center. It's a great destination. Tell us why. Yeah, so the Gantt Center focuses on African-American heritage and that story as it relates to North Carolina. Really important. We have a few uh, sites in North Carolina. We're just creating an African-American and civil rights trail uh, for the state. And uh, the Gantt Center is one of the centerpieces to that. It's a really amazing modern facility there in Charlotte that you can see part of several other spots you can uh, tour that focus on civil rights and the African-American experience. Yeah, there's some beautiful quilt designs 
texts from the Underground Railroad era and, and woven textile patterns from West Africa. It's a beautiful setting as well in there. And another great, maybe it's on the trail in Greensboro, the International Civil Rights Center and Museum. That's very moving. Tell us about that. Oh, it is. This is one of the most moving places you'll go and see. I was there one time and uh, this is actually the start of this sit-in movement. It was a Woolworths drugstore that had a lunch counter. In 1960. Yep. Four students from uh, North Carolina A&T University came and did a sit-in because they weren't allowed to be served there. Uh, And it really kicked off the sit-in movement across the U.S. It's now a museum. The bar stools and the lunch counter have been recreated. It's amazing. I think it's really neat is a lot of the people that participated in that experience are still there because there are four students that started it, but there were hundreds of, of students and locals that participated in it. And they're still around and they can talk to you about it. I heard from a guy named Charlie Bess who worked at the Woolworths and was actually one of the first African-American people served because when they decided they would serve African-Americans, they wanted to serve their staff first. So he got to be the first person to eat at that lunch counter. And he said it was the greatest meatloaf he'd ever had in his life. (laughs) Um, And so when you hear that and you talk to those people, it's just really an amazing experience. It's terrific that it's there and that it's celebrated. Now, one of my very favorite cities in the country is Asheville in Western North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountain. It's artsy and gorgeous. What should we look for that's special there? Well, if you're going to go to Asheville, it's a must that you do the Biltmore Estate. Biltmore is amazing. It's America's largest private home. Uh, We're talking 250 rooms, 34 bedrooms, 43 bathrooms. It's basically an American castle. Uh, You know, this was the Vanderbilt family summer mansion. And the crew there has just done an amazing job. They transform it during the seasons. If you go during the Christmas season, it's unbelievable. All the Christmas trees they have. It also hosts America's most visited winery. There's a lot of things to do on site. You can tour the campus. It's thousands of acres. It's just a really interesting, fascinating mountain experience. Fits right in with the vibe of Asheville, which is kind of a cool, hip mountain town. It's nice and cool in the summer, not too cold in the winter. Great lodging there. There's a place called the Omni Grove Park Inn. Yes. Classic old 1920s place where F. Scott Fitzgerald stayed. They have a ghost, the pink lady that sometimes visits you. Just really neat stuff and a great food and drink scene. The beer capital of the South um, for craft beer there. Well, I love the River Arts District. There are 23 former industrial and historical buildings, and I walked in some of them. They're beautiful buildings from the past, but they've got this great manner of paintings and ceramics and handmade jewelry. And Down on the River Arts District is amazing. You can go into all those shops, and there's a really great barbecue joint there. Oh, really? Uh, called, what is called, it? Called 12 Bones. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've great, heard of it. Yes. Great barbecue. But the, the art scene there, they have, Asheville's done a fantastic job reviving that area. You could spend a whole day there. Also, there's the Folk Art Center. It's home to the Southern Highland Craft Guild, which dates back to the 1890s. And there you get more crafty stuff. There's a craft shop there for great shopping. If you look for interesting things, Americana, this is where you would want to go. Exactly. So the Blue Ridge Parkway winds through 25 of our counties there. And it's one of the national park sites, basically a road built on top of the mountains through the Appalachians. And the the craft guild there right in Asheville, right on the Blue Ridge Parkway, is a great way you can see a lot of these southern traditional artworks and pick up a piece for your own. So it's a great introduction to the mountains and the Appalachians. And you can head from Asheville, you can go up the parkway and see there are about 300 overlooks. You can just see the fantastic scenery and get the whole mountain experience. It's gorgeous. So we've 
driven it many times. There's also an Asheville Urban Trail. It's 1.7 miles around the city, and it's a perfect way to see Asheville. I think there are 30 stops, and there's a public sculpture at each one, and do a loop, and you see all the interesting spots. Asheville's an extremely walkable town. It's got some great history and some really interesting architecture there, as well as the sculpture scene. So that urban trail is a neat way to see the city. Nearby is Pisgah National Forest, 500,000 acres, and it's 25 miles from downtown Asheville. And I remember that again from my camping. Flight oh, yeah. Famous. Yeah, I loved it. You can drive through the Pisgah Forest on the parkway. Great spot for hikes. You get to really see that natural scenic beauty that North Carolina is known for waterfalls, just about everything you can get out there. Yeah. Great Smoking Mountains National Park is on the border between North Carolina and Tennessee. There are questions always, but Great Smokies versus the Blue Ridge, it's the same thing, right? One is part of the other. Well, they're two different mountains. They're both a subset of the Appalachian Mountains, but the Smokies are really kind of distinct and different. If you keep going south and west from Asheville on the parkway, you'll eventually wind up in the Smokies. You can tell there's a bit of a difference there. The mountains, they have this gray haze that sits with them that considered the smoke. It's also a bit more rural. I think it's a bit more out there. There's great whitewater rafting, all kinds of things to do out in the Smokies. I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of the state. Right. Tell us a bit about the Native American Cherokee heritage in North Carolina. I know there's a great art center Kuala Arts and Crafts, and tell us. Yeah, so if you continue on that Blue Ridge Parkway south from Asheville, the parkway ends at the entrance to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which is in a town called Cherokee. That area, actually, it's called the Kuala Boundary. It's uh, the eastern band of Cherokee Indians land there, and it's actually the ancestral home of the American Cherokee Indians. This is where they believe their race started thousands of years ago. So there's some really fascinating things you can do and see there that relate to the history of the American Cherokee Indian. So this is where the Trail of Tears started. But the the eastern band actually went up into the mountains and and didn't leave. And they came back down once the Trail of Tears had the people had been marched out, basically worked with some people to be able to keep their own homeland. So it's really a fantastic experience. The Kuala uh, Arts Mutual there. They do a great job showing the Cherokee woven baskets and lots of other the handicrafts. What I think is really fascinating, there's there's a place called the Museum of the Cherokee Indian there. And they talk a lot about things like the language. The Cherokee language almost went extinct. They were forced to speak English and not to speak Cherokee. And there was a guy named Sequoia that helped them revive their language and keep it alive. Just some fascinating stories like that about how the Cherokee have persevered in America. Yeah. Uh, that you can get at the Museum of Cherokee Indian. And then during the summers, there's a really great up in the mountains. There's an outdoor drama that they do every year called Unto These Hills that tells the story of the Cherokee Indian in an open theater out in the woods. And right next to it is a recreation of an 1800s Indian village called the O'Connor Lefty Indian Village. So those three things to see are really a remarkable way to just learn about the Cherokee heritage. Well, let's leave the mountains and head for the beach. North Carolina is home to the most picturesque beaches and tallest dunes in the eastern United States, the Outer Banks, which is a string of peninsula and barrier islands stretching over 100 miles of Atlantic seashore off the coast. What are specifics that make this place so special? So our beaches are different than any beach you're going to find anywhere else on the eastern U.S. or probably the western coast. These are undeveloped barrier islands. Almost all barrier islands in the world are right up on the coast. While the Outer Banks, these barrier islands are 25 miles out into the ocean. So it's this thin strip of land. 
that's surrounded by ocean on each side. So it's a completely different beach experience than you're going to get anywhere else. And most of the areas are still fairly undeveloped. They're part of the national seashores. There's the Cape Hatteras National Seashore and the Cape Lookout National Seashore. So these areas can't be developed. So you're talking beach, sand dune, and ocean. It's cold and rough. (laughs) They're good surfing water. So if you want more of the calm water, then you got to go down to Brunswick, Sunset Beach, that area of North Carolina, which is a little more sheltered from the waves and better for little kids. But the Outer Banks is great for surfing, kiteboarding. The Wright Brothers chose this area because it's so far out, it has constant wind blowing on these islands. And so they needed constant wind to do the first flight. So you can actually go to the place that's the birthplace of aviation, where the Wright Brothers did the first flight. Not on the Outer Banks. <laughs> that wind, you can use it to kiteboard, you can use it to parasail, you can use it to hang glide all different kinds of activities. I can just see the Wright brothers today hang gliding over the beach. (laughs) It would have been a a sight. That's probably what it looked a little bit like back then. That was what, 1903 or? 1903. I remember that from school, right? Roanoke Island is where Sir Walter Raleigh came, the site of England's first settlement in the New World. Yeah, there's some amazing history out in this area because Sir Walter Raleigh came. The Roanoke Island Festival Park celebrates that, the place where the first European settlement in the U.S. And it actually turned into a thing called the Lost Colony because when Sir Walter Raleigh came back to find his colony, they were gone. And no one really knows what happened to those settlers. Uh, So it's a great mystery. There's also an outdoor drama there called The Lost Colony that you can see. And there's just still so much undeveloped beach there in areas. If you go up north into an area called Currituck to Kerala, the road ends and you can actually drive on the sand. And we still have wild horses that run on those beaches. And those are descendants of Spanish Mustangs that came over with the first settlers in the 1500s, the Spanish and the English who were trying to colonize America. These horses are still roaming on those beaches. So you'll find all sorts of history like that still alive and happening today on the Outer That's so romantic. There's also sea turtles that hatch on some of these beaches. It's the extreme northern limits of some of these turtles' nesting grounds. So maybe there's a way to see this. Yeah, there's a fantastic place to see that. It's called the Karen Beasley Sea Turtle Center in Surf City on the coast of North Carolina. They rescue a lot of these sea turtles. They'll go out and, uh, and protect the nests. You can find nests all up and down the coast uh, during the mating season. So you're going to want to be very careful if you do find a nest because sea turtles are endangered and they're protected. But the Karen Beasley people do a fantastic job. They do releases so you can find out when they're going to release the sea turtle and actually go out to the beach and watch these sea turtles get put back in the sea. And sea turtles are just these beautiful creatures that... Uh, that we should do everything we can to help protect. Absolutely. You've got such an interesting coast. You have lighthouses and you have a story of pirates. Tell us about Blackbeard in North Carolina. Okay. Now, this is one of my favorite stories about North Carolina. So a lot of people don't realize Blackbeard was a real pirate. He was a real person and he was based in North Carolina. There's some speculation that he might have been from North Carolina because he was very familiar with the shallow waterways and inland areas of the state that he probably only would have known had had he maybe grown up here. But what happened in the end was that Blackbeard died actually on North Carolina's coast. First, he wrecked his ship, some think intentionally. And so that wreck has been found. And so there's a couple of different sites where you can go and see some of the things that have been recovered from the ship. There's a great maritime museum in Carteret County. There's also at East Carolina University in Greenville. They have the lab 
where they're restoring a lot of the artifacts. So there's a couple places you can go see that thing. Or you can go out to the area where Blackbeard was actually killed. So what happened was he went up to Ocracoke Island and he basically was hanging out on Ocracoke Island when the English sent some uh, military troops down. There was this big sea battle right off the coast of Ocracoke Island in the shallow waters. When was this? Uh, This was in 1715, I think, in the early 1700s. So we had just celebrated the 300th anniversary. But every year at Ocracoke Island does a pirate festival where they reenact uh, Blackbeard's last days. And there's a place called Springer's Point where you can go that's actually the site where this battle happened and where Blackbeard was killed. And when they killed him, they cut off his head and brought the head back to Virginia, but they left his body there. So you can go to the exact spot where Blackbeard's body is still floating around, probably haunting people. It's a great spot. Ocracoke itself is a really special place. It's only accessible by ferry, and it's one of the really true places where you can still get out there and have a wonderful experience on the coast. Fabulous. Well, the name of the podcast is Places I Remember. So, Whit, please, would you give us a personal memory of yours about North Carolina? Okay. So, one of my favorite memories is got to be eating barbecue at Lexington Barbecue. Because what I think is fantastic about this place is if you go to a barbecue joint, and I'll talk about my experience at Lexington Barbecue, but it's really any barbecue joint across the state, and there are hundreds of them. It's one of the places where people really mix and and integrate more so than ever. You'll see black people, you'll see white people, you'll see Hispanic people, you'll see rich people, you'll see poor people, you'll see everybody getting along, sitting together, eating together. And I just think that's a wonderful experience that we all need throughout this country. And barbecue restaurants are one of the places you'll really see that where everybody sits, everybody talks. And we all realize how much we have in common rather than how much is pulling us apart. So that's my favorite experience about North Carolina is just going to a barbecue joint, hanging out and watching people get along. Wow. That's the solution, I hope, to to <laughs> what, what ails us, having a rib or pulled pork. <laughs> barbecue will, exactly. Barbecue will save the world. Oh, boy. Well, thank you, Whit Tuttle, head of Visit North Carolina, for your expertise and your memories You have a beautiful state. It's so interesting. I hope everybody listens and and goes. There's so much to do and see. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember. So follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, PlacesIRememberLeahLane.com, and keep making your own travel memories. <laughs>